0: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise.
1: Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast. Michael Pena is off the grid for one more week. So with Brian Robb, I'm Rich Levine. Guys, in today's show, we'll talk about some of the unrest unfolding across the country, how the Celtics have been out there helping lead the charge uh we'll also talk about the nba restarting its season in disney world this summer which now is a more real possibility than ever uh, as always please subscribe to this podcast wherever wherever it is you listen give us a follow on twitter that's at winning plays uh, shout out to clns media shout out to bet online and awaken 180 uh and be real real quick i let's just say something right off the top here uh, i just want to Say, you know, d- despite you know, what we as a country might want to tell ourselves, you know, it's very obvious that racism is very alive in America. Uh, just because we come a long way doesn't mean we don't have a long way to go. And uh, just real quick, something I read this week that really, that really stuck with me, uh, and we're, bo- you know, we're both white guys, you know, we're saying this you know, from, from, from that perspective, is that you know, the, the opposite of, of, of racist is not not racist, it's anti-racist. Uh, that means actively standing up against racism, promoting equality any chance we get. And, uh, you know, and we can talk about it more, but, I, you know, obviously as we talk about the Celtics in this podcast and over the last week or so, we've seen the Celtics, you know, members of the, of the organization really step up and be anti-racist and, and, and lead in, in this fight. And it's that, that, again, there's been a lot of really horrible things to watch unfold this week, but that's been a small slice of optimism and, posit- and positivity, seeing the Celtics represent themselves the way that they have yeah there's
0: no question about it and it's it's not just the celtics from the nba perspective it's a lot of you know key figures across the league whether it's players uh coaches um you know even uh owners obviously in some cases but yeah from a from a Celtics standpoint uh you know jalen brown as uh he's i think been at the forefront of this stuff rich for a while now which is very you know just encouraging to see for someone who is still very much in his uh, early 20s just an activism of all sorts whether it's racism or um, has started a lot of cool programs in Boston on that front collaborating with MIT but yeah there's no question that him just the statement he made just kind of driving down to his hometown of Atlanta 15 hours um, I believe it was uh, for I want to say it was on Saturday um, and then you know just leading a A peaceful protest where other fellow NBA players such as uh, Malcolm Brogdon uh, joined him for. I thought as Brad Stevens I think put perfectly this week in a conference call for us you know for as good as Jalen's been on the floor I think his greatest impact is going to be coming off the floor um, you know as far as the road goes and that's I think what we kind of saw this weekend speaks truth to that.
1: Yeah and I like that you mentioned that you know this isn't and again we, we don't we can't criticize anyone that's sort of maybe taking up this cause a little bit more now you know but it is a safer time to be doing it you know there are fewer consequences and i think jalen is a guy who has been speaking up before it was trendy you know before like before everyone was doing it he's a guy that's been speaking up and taking a stand and trying to get his his voice and the truth out there uh and you can only commend that and obviously you know Cantor and, and marcus smart were were involved in the the protests that happened more uh, locally and Boston, I think Vince,
0: Vincent, Poirier as well, and I want to say some Celtics assistant coaches, um, and other members of the organization were out there too. Like that wasn't really as publicized, but um, I can confirm that was the case as well.
1: You know what I really appreciated, and this is sort of, I don't, I, maybe people have spoken about this too, but I love that when Jalen was down in Atlanta, that he's wearing a Celtics hat. I love that Cantor was out there in his Celtics uniform. You know, I love that. Like, and and there, I'm telling. You, they, I mean, there are some organizations and some higher ups that probably wouldn't be comfortable with that. You know what I mean? Like, we want it. We want to play it more neutral. You can go out there as Jalen Brown, but I don't want you going out there as Jalen Brown, member of the Boston Celtics. I think the fact that the Celtics, I'm assuming, were okay with their brand and with their logo being at the forefront of those, those, uh, those, those protests, and uh, I, I think that is not, that's commendable as well.
0: Yeah, there's no question about that and
1: I mean, Cantor was wearing his jersey literally. yeah Cantor's
0: wearing his jersey out there you know during it um the some one of the boston protests on sunday after i believe just driving back from chicago in, in preparation for the the hour center reopening but yeah he wear his jersey for the drive back you think <laughs> there's no question that just the the uniformity on this front um within the organization the backing of the organization whether it's you know Brad Stevens talking about, you know, sending a letter to the entire roster over the weekend to kind of just let them know, you know, I I clearly am coming from a different perspective from this as a as a white male, but I just wanted everyone to know that, you know, I feel this pain and I have your back. And, um, and that's something where it's kind of been set, whether the team's releasing statements or Brad Stevens talking about that, Danny Ainge releasing a tweet last night, about tagging multiple players on the team, tweeting out Black Lives Matter. So again, this is, um, it's obviously an issue that is, is not going away. it's, it's it hasn't, it's, there's still much more work to be done on this front, but um, the amount of activity from the organization um, has been uh, definitely uh, encouraging to see, I'd say, to say the least.
1: And I said that a lot of the work that needs to be done, and I, I think, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say most of it, but it needs to be done by white people. You know, and and, oh, yeah. and it's and this is not a criticism of Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, but as a as a race, like it needs to be more than than statements and letters, um, and it, support is nice, but you know, I we really got to get out there and 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 not just as when, when, again once the hashtags disappear, once it's not leading on CNN and uh and any of the news stations anymore, once once the the protests or or even the riots die down, you know, I, we got to keep going. It's got to be it's got to be an everyday thing and um, again that's something that white people need to really to t- take on upon themselves to uh, again l- like I said at the beginning it's not enough to just be not racist you have to be anti-racist and th- that that's what's going to help us continue to move forward no there's no question about it and just just
0: speaking as like you said as an individual myself here it is one of those things where yeah you can't you know s- staying on the sidelines and being anti-racist without really doing anything about it that's that doesn't help Like, so that's something where I think you're just seeing that, you know, not just across the sports um, hemisphere, but across just the the whole country right now. And even more across the world when you see, you know, big protests in Europe and things like that. Um, And so it's clearly come to the forefront again where it should be as a a push for change um, from the, the top down in these situations. And there's a lot of things that need to be done to to take to start continuing the movement on this front, but again, when you look at you know the the players within the Celtics organization, you just bringing back to basketball and the, you know guys that are have whether it's Jalen Brown or Anis Kanter and or many other parts of the Celtics uh, roster, you know it's it's always been clear that this has been a a special group in terms of how they've kind of meshed on the floor and you know the camaraderie of the team, but it's clearly extends to you know. Much more important places like what they're doing off the court.
1: So the Arbeck Center is is open now. Is that? Yes, I believe it is officially opened as of Monday. Um, so what's going on over there? Like what's the, what's the do you, do you do you know what the like the daily kind of routine or how they're sort of easing back into? I mean, there's not going to be anything normal about it, but sort of the <laughs> into getting back into a season mode. It's I know it's just scheduled workouts
0: it's individual workouts guys are assigned to come in at certain times with tons of health protocols in effect obviously for to protect against uh the covid risk and that's the way it's going to be for a while i don't think um they're gonna authorize any group or team workouts i imagine till at least the end of june or even they might wait till uh July when they have if they have like training camp type stuff down in Orlando for when they the the resumption of the regular season continues but uh, for now it's just you know guys are clearly the back Center is a very modern facility with tons of resources for these guys who have been working out on their own in their backyard or if they have lucky enough to have a basket at home or um, on some indoor equipment so this is just you know, for the guys that are back in Boston and there's still a number of players that are out of town. So they're going to be making their way back here from what I hear in the, the upcoming weeks. But, um, for now it's just strictly voluntary and anyone who's around and wants to use it, you know, just has that opportunity.
1: And then there's been no discussion about media, maybe being allowed into the picture, right? Or is that, have you heard? No,
0: anything? no, I would be shocked if we're allowed into the hour back center this summer. Um, just based on how strict the protocols are and, um, We've had a couple of Zoom press conferences so far with various players, and um, I have a feeling that is going to be uh, the theme of the summer. How um, does that,
1: I mean, obviously that, that hurts in terms of ever getting like a one-on-one, but you know, I guess sure. if, you, if, you, if you, I mean, clearly the guys like you who have been there for so long, you have relationships with the media relations department. I mean, you can set up your own, you know, they can set up one-on-one Zooms, I guess, if, if, right. if you want to do it, but you, there, just the, the, the art of just approaching a guy one day after practice is gone. Yes, that is,
0: I think, gone for for this season um, is what I would, you know, based on the, the protocols that are going to be in place for these, for when the games even resume in Orlando, I don't think they're letting the guys, you know, even shower in the arenas uh, or, you know, they're clearly going to be. And based on things like that, they're clearly not going to be letting me in the locker room. I'd honestly be surprised if media, you know, TV partners, no question, probably will be allowed into Orlando, but um, I would not be surprised. if it's just simply, you know, media is not, going to be in the bubble where it's going to be a very controlled, um, you know, couple of pool reporters or something like that just to, cause when you look at just the, the restrictions in place, Rich, like when the, the team's traveling parties are going to be cut down so much as is to make the numbers work here. I don't think that the media can really make a, you know, I can't imagine the media are going to be, you know, allowed in at the expense of, you know, some important members of the a team staff.
1: I guess, yeah, right. But even you, you, you think about the big picture of, you know, the NBA, what's important to the league. And I mean, I guess, I guess the, the TV ratings are going to be off the charts, and anyways, right? They don't, they right. don't need the stories. They don't need, but you'd think that they'd want to support, you know, the people who cover them, you know, I mean, because oh, yeah, no if question. they don't, if they don't, like, there aren't going to be people around to cover the nba as much maybe when they need it and again maybe that's the dream maybe they want everyone to be working for nba.com and they can control all the information that comes up comes out about their team and their players but you would think they would you know want to throw a bone a little bit to to some of the guys to be on like their major major media partners. But again, like you said, this is the, if the, if there was ever a time when they wanted to see how it goes without having a bunch of beat writers around or even any beat writers around, like this would be the time to do it. Because it's going to be a fascinating <laughs> situation there. Like you read now about how, you know, they're going to be allowed to, to go out to dinner, you know, and, and eat outside. They're going to be allowed to play golf when they're at Disney World. Like it's going to be like, such a bizarre little reality that that these guys are living in, and it would be a shame to, to not have anyone there covering covering it. You know, from a media perspective, and I'm sure again, like they, they can crank out a bunch of NBA produced things, but you know, it'd be nice to, to open it up a little bit more.
0: Yeah, no question about it. But I guess it comes down to, I mean, it, we'll see how other leagues handle this too, in terms of if a player is media going to be in the bubble, quote unquote Disney World bubble for for couple months and is that are people going to be able to do that Are are tests going to be used on the media that could be used other places it's already you know it's there's a lot of questions there but no no question you want the coverage there i if this happens i hope it's very much obviously that it's just going to be a it's a one-time deal this is unique extraordinary circumstances from a health standpoint and so um i hope that you know, media is allowed in. no question about it. Have but you, uh, just, my expectation is, is it's, it's going to be a very small or It's just not, it's just going to be virtually done.
1: Have you broached with your wife, the possibility of <laughs> you going to Disney world by yourself? Uh, she
0: or? is not a fan of that. Um, <laughs> in the midst is
1: to uh, say the least. So um, that will obviously, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. You yeah. gotta, you, <laughs> got, you gotta pay the bills. If you gotta go to Disney world and hang out with a bunch of NBA players for, for the summer, like she's going to have to deal with it. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. I wonder what the the media hotel is going to be at Disney World um, for this. It'll be
1: uh, it'll be like in a basement of a small world, <laughs> the basement or of the, right, <laughs> based so, off everyone having to fit in there. But
0: it so, it'll be I'll be interesting to see how that
1: will be broached. Um, real quick, let me. Uh, we we have a a read. We've been playing the the Awaken 180 uh, Cedric Maxwell voiceover but but today we have a a special read for the for the Waken 180 so let me just go into that right now now when most people try to lose weight they think they can exercise oh they think exercise whether they actually start exercising or not the results are normally the same either way I say the same because losing weight is all about nutrition with Awaken 180 Weight Loss, you'll receive a customized nutrition plan, weekly one-on-one coaching, and the option to receive 80% off your daily foods to help you lose weight your first week and each week after that until you're down to your ideal weight. During your weight loss transformation, you'll be gaining the tools to know what how to eat so you can keep that weight off for the long term. As always, Awaken 180 will provide you with free support for life. It's worked for Cedric Maxwell, Scott Zolak, Dan Ray, Kyle Draper, Andy Gresh, and thousands of others. Now it's your turn. Call the long-term solution for weight loss and the official weight loss program of the Boston Red Sox, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. That's online at awaken180weightloss.com. Um, so clearly my, my dream of, uh, of a World Cup showdown in, in the NBA. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I was going to... That died about... Five minutes after we posted last week's <laughs> podcast, uh, so I feel like you're pretty happy with the uh, with what they've done. To you want to break down a little bit, uh, you know yeah. what, what the plan is. Yeah, this is I. You know, nothing's
0: perfect, but I think this is as close as you can get in terms of fairness while factoring in what the 65 games that were already played this season. So it's you know 22 teams are invited. It's the best 22 teams, and that means there's only nine East teams because the East is such trash out of the, the beyond the the playoff teams and 13 west teams and so in the eastern conference it's pretty simple it's the everyone from the bucks on down to the ninth seeded wizards and there will be a play-in game for the eighth seed in both conference um but it only happens if the ninth seeded team is within four games of the eighth seeded team at the end of the regular season. So. Everyone's going to play eight more games in the regular season, and then the final standings is going to determine it. So, in the East, it's a pretty strong chance we don't get a playing game, Rich, since it's the Magic are five and a half games up on the Wizards. Um, so the the Wizards are going to have to make up a game and a half in the standings within you know in their eight games to play. So if that and happens,
1: they, and they say it's a it, so they would have to beat the Magic twice.
0: Exactly. So if if they do, if the Wizards do that and they do get into a play-in situation, the eighth seed gets a baked-in advantage of, okay, you only have to beat the Wizards once, whereas the Wizards to get the eight seed, you have to to beat them twice. So you just you know it's it's double elimination for the eight seed and, and single elimination for the for the ninth seeded team, and that's the case for both conferences. Um, the West will be much more competitive since there are you know, four teams within four games of the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies seemed pretty likely to, to stay in that eighth spot, but it's a pretty strong chance that they're going to have to play a play in when one of those teams, you know, stays within four games of them.
1: And then what happens if there's a tie? What happens if like Phoenix and New Orleans, you know, whoever, what happens if there is a tie for the ninth seed? That's
0: a good question. That has not come out yet. Um, I wonder, I, I assume it's just going to be based on whatever the tiebreaker is between those two teams from the regular season. Um, but maybe they'll have a maybe there'll be an additional play in for the ninth seed, which could because because
1: <laughs> they keep referencing, I've seen Wo- Woj a few times to call it like a play in tournament. Right, that that kind of confuses that makes you think that there are that there's more than two teams involved. Obviously, in the East, that's impossible. Um, but yeah, so I guess that that'll all play out. So
0: yeah, I was kind of hoping for a play in tournament out West, given all those teams, but it's just not. Maybe they just wanted to keep it simpler this year.
1: <laughs> yeah it's very very real simple uh real simple <laughs> situation out there um and another interesting thing i saw that you know so and we'll talk about the celtic schedule in a little bit it's just the plans for home court advantage because clearly there's no home court advantage when everyone's at disney um i guess for the magic that could be home court for them um but uh some of the ideas about like, you know the, so like the home team so this is a, when you get to a series right so it's you got your seating, it's the Eastern Conference Finals, the Celtics Bucks. And and the Celtics, you know, the Bucks have home court advantage. So for every game of that series, like potentially like they say, like the Bucks would get the ball to start the second, third, and fourth quarter. And have you read clear, some of yeah. these ideas? That yeah, so this her?
0: was this is an ESPN article with I think this is some proposals from one team to like give the higher state team an advantage. I don't uh I don't really think these are being seriously considered. I think these are just some ideas, but we should talk about them anyway because I think there are some entertaining um, ideas within this while, while also some laughable ideas. Because you think
1: they'd have to do something, right? You would, you would think so, um,
0: but I don't know. Part of me is like, hey, you know what? This is the ultimate evil, even playing field. Like, and yeah, you are this is bracketed and, um, you know, so you don't have to – you're still going to have to go through a traditional path to – to get to the NBA finals, but yeah, like we're not going to, we're not going to change. This is a unique situation and we're going to tra- crown a, a true champion here, if you will, um, without the need of, you know, without home court, which is obviously a huge advantage in play here. So, but at the same time, there is a level of fairness that should go into play here. So if they find the right thing to kind of, you know, tip the scales to a reasonable amount, I'd
1: be, I'd be for that too. Yeah, like maybe like what, the, the hypothetical road team only gets like half the amount of water and Gatorade on their. Side yeah. <laughs> um, so
0: yeah, the 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 what? Which one of these do you think is most realistic? I'll list a couple of them for you um, from David Mannman's article here. Um, like you said, the starting the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarter goes to the home team. Will be one. Uh, the higher seed team allows gets to designate one player to have seven fouls for the game instead of six uh the higher seeded team receives an extra coach's challenge uh higher seeded team brings their own hardwood um to put on the floor for their home games um that seems like a lot a lot of work right that that seems like work. the most real can you imagine just like they're trying to get in four games a day uh in these arenas and, and the then, road team okay.
1: has to actually change over the floor that yeah they have the to do it themselves <laughs> How many arenas do, are are they going to have at this complex? Do we know, or how many courts? W- my guess is
0: they're going to have two, two like arenas doing it, and maybe they'll have two courts within those arenas for the regular season games. I imagine once the playoffs start, they're just gonna they're not gonna have two games going at the same time, um, in either of these arenas. But maybe when they have the twenty two teams in play here, that happens a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I would say two, three tops. My guess is two, based off all the logistics involved. I think they want to keep that to a smaller, tighter operation.
1: I like the uh, the off-court feature in which playoff teams, in order of seating, receive uh, get the draft, basically which hotel they're going to stay at.
0: See, that, I think, is like, yeah. I'll give them that. I like the, maybe the extra coaches challenge. I think that's a very... Because I don't think that's honestly a huge advantage anyway, based on how they've handled the coaches challenges here, But that clearly come in handy late in games um and while also potentially being useless but yeah those are the two i mean getting giving teams an extra possession i think is like laughable like that's just i mean come on
1: right that's, is that really um, gonna make the difference
0: right and then giving a player seven fouls
1: i think this is just that's a huge edge um i mean what do you do is it, maybe i assume marcus marcus gets the gets the seven or maybe do you give it to like canter or, tice. Cantor or tice. vincent or, or tice oh right tice. Because Tice is, like, that's the guy you're on the floor the most, and that's the guy that his
0: minutes usually are down because of foul trouble, I feel like. so, um, But I think, again, that's, that's too conceivably too big of an edge there. But, I mean, it's a fun thing to throw around. Uh, as the article states, it's not a big priority for the NBA to, like, figure this out. So um, I think it'll be tough to get everyone to agree on what th- makes sense for this advantage, but it's surely something that they have to think of some potential replacement um, for home court in these spots.
1: So, you know, as we're, as we're recording this, the, the NBA, the board of governors, I believe is voting on all this, right? They're, they're yes. voting to basically make it, make it official and make all all, all this year. And um, so we want to discuss it. What the, so that it to be an eight game, once they actually, they're done with their their mini training camps and all that, they're going to play an eight game regular season. Yes. And the way they did it is that they went, you basically, you can go through Go find the Celtics schedule. What it was, whatever it was supposed to be for the end of the season, and you just eliminate any of the teams that aren't going to be in the bubble. Right. It's kind of that easy, right?
0: That's what the the report is right now. This is not official from the NBA, but that's I think it was uh, Vince Goodwill from Yahoo Sports first had that report. So it, do, it doesn't work out perfectly. Some teams uh, don't have enough games there, uh-huh. and so they'll have to like kind of make up a couple games to to replace that for teams like the Lakers and Portland. They only have six teams that are left in the bubble that they're supposed to play. But the Celtics schedule, so this is tentatively what it would be if they go by that format. Um, Milwaukee, the Wizards twice, Toronto, Brooklyn, Memphis, Portland, Miami. So it's pretty one of the softer schedules, I'd say, especially when you consider Milwaukee's really going to have nothing to play for here in these eight regular season games. Cause they got the, they got the one seed locked up essentially in the East. And it's not like you're playing for home court advantage in the finals anymore. Um, so, you know, the wizards will be playing for a lot. Um, Brooklyn may or may not be, but it's just those opponents. There's really no top tier opponents. there playing for anything besides, you know, Toronto. So that's, that's conceivably good news for Celtics here. What, what's your strategy here, Real Rich, if you're Brad Stevens, coming back into this? You're three games behind Toronto for the two seed. You're two and a half ahead of Miami for the four seed. Um, there's plenty of four, five, and six are pretty much up for grabs. Heat, Pacers, and Sixers are, you know, within two games of each other. So that could that could shake out any which way. But are you going – are you trying to put your foot in the gas hard and catch Toronto or are you, again, just trying to ease everyone back into it, and um, you don't really care who you play in the first round?
1: Yeah, at, at this point, I, don't, I think everything's out the window from the regular season, right? Like you know what you have, and I, I just it just seems feels dangerous to to just go out and be like, okay, we're going 100 miles an hour to uh, to to get the two seed where you where you still might end up playing Philly in the first round. Oh no, that's not true. no, you won't, you won't, yeah, you'll get Brooklyn that. or
0: Orlando. So that is the one. And I with you. like, I mean, you're clearly not going to be coming out of the gate playing guys 40 minutes, like, in the first few games. But say they say they start hot, and they start out 4-0, and they're within, you know, a game of the Raptors for the two-seed with four games to play. Um, do you push harder then? Or, again, do you still take the cautious, like, we just need to keep things under control here? And uh, knowing that, you know, you could avoid a tough first-round match if you get that two-seed, but obviously injuries playing a, a bigger uh, factor in play knowing how long the layoff's been
1: yeah has anyone has anyone seen Joel Embiid since this all I, cause I'd be interested to see what, what he looks like after uh, after all this time off because maybe, maybe you want Philly I don't know uh, who knows if he's even able to play and it's, there's so, so much this is interesting and we need to like, you know, at some point we can do like uh, just go through some of these rosters again, because you know, you talk about, you mentioned Portland, but like they're going to have Nurkic back. They're going to have Zach Collins back. Like sure. some of these teams that like, they're not going to be the teams necessarily that, that when we saw them last and who knows with, with, with Brooklyn, is there any word on Kyrie?
0: Nothing official. I think Durant's the, Consensus is he won't be back, but Kyrie, like I don't think there's been anything concrete there. Um, I'd imagine I'd be I'd be shocked if he's playing, um, since that was a an a surgery that's supposed to take like months of rehab, and he probably hasn't been able to do the amount of rehab he wants um, without the access to the practice facilities. So um, he'd probably but, rather
1: not be stuck in Disney for.
0: You're right, um, but you look at. You know, the Sixers with Embiid and Ben Simmons, um, and a, you know, arrested Al Horford, um, and a healthy Hal Horford, I think. Like you said, they could, that could go any which way of Philly. But I honestly, if I were Celtics, I wouldn't, that's the one thing I'd be looking to do It's just not have to play Philly in the first round. I, I don't want that wild card. Um, no. So that's that's something where, you know, they're, you just hope that they play their way into the four or five matchup, really. Um, and they have a softer schedule than Indy in Miami, so that they should be able to do that, but that will that's something that could come down to the last couple of regular season games.
1: Uh, and while we're discussing this, I wanted to let you know, B-Rob, that there is no sor- shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, betonline.ag. Uh, first of all, NASCAR is back, and uh, BetOnline has hundreds of games, events, and sports still to get it on. Uh, you can bet on uh, simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC, or even participate in a ten thousand dollar Madden bracket challenge, which is basically a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament that you can enter for free. Uh, coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges uh, joining them to discuss the uh, Michael Jordan documentary as uh, something that they're calling the "Final Dance." Uh, visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Uh, and before we we started recording, B Rob, we were checking out some of the uh, some of the odds to, to win the the, this, the NBA championship again. No matter what happens in the next couple months, there's going to be an asterisk next to this next to this title. Uh, it's always going to be the the COVID nineteen NBA season. Um, but right now, uh, we'll we'll look at the the top four, the teams with the top four odds. The Lakers right now are the favorites at uh, at two to one. The Bucks are. Uh, the Bucks are plus 275, so basically 2.75 to 1. The Clippers are plus 300, and then the Boston Celtics are fourth at plus 1,200. Not bad. Not bad. The, the Sixers plus
0: 2,400.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: I guess that's not, I mean, I guess they you don't know, expect Brett Brown to kind of put things together, you know, with a two-week training camp. Because those pieces just don't seem to fit together, anyway. It is a situation, though, where we have had an equivalent of a full off season here, Rich, and so yeah. all these coaches and their staffs have had months to kind of evaluate what is essentially a full season. So, not that you're starting from scratch with these teams at all, because you're, you're you're bringing back everyone back. Obviously, it's not like it's a a revamped roster, but. I do wonder what teams like make tweaks to how they play or who they play together and things of that nature, and what what Brad Stevens learned by having this huge evaluation period that clearly never happens. It's usually like you're running, you know, full steam ahead into the first round, and you have have you know all your assistant coaches are divided up to scout different teams for different matchups because sometimes you don't know who you're going to play until that last night of the right season, and that still could be the case here, but you've had three months to study up on all these opponents.
1: Yeah, so I wonder if they were st- if they were like ever scouting like the Western Conference teams like for potential matches. <laughs> yeah, there right? when, they were, when they were talking about throwing everyone in one pot together, and I um, said, this too, and you, they have two more months right now on top of it, on top of the three months they've just had. Yeah, no, that's that that's very true. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, and that, and that's why like when you say a team like the Sixers who who seemed on paper to um, well. You know a lot of people thought that maybe they weren't they had a lot of talent but they weren't the best ma- the best match on paper but you wonder like after with, with that time to sort of think of think everything through and reevaluate and you know i talk about maybe Embiid going you know in a in a bad direction when you know during this but who knows maybe he spent the whole time you know getting his shit together and he's going to come out and and for for a couple months show why he can be know certainly a top five nba player if he if, if he wants to and if, if his head's on straight you never know what you're going to get so that's that's a little bit of uh it's a little scary but again i think a lot of people are probably scared of the celtics too because i kemba's knees probably got to feel pretty good has there been any talk about that
0: uh uh sure i mean like there's we haven't talked to kemba in a couple months here um but yeah there's no question that he probably doesn't I mean Beyond him being a good uh, roommate to to Grant Williams and getting workouts there, I don't think he's seen. He hasn't been around Boston, so I don't think he's been at the Auerbach Center yet, uh, to my knowledge. But that's something where it'll be good. Just the fact that he'll have you know a clear month to two months here to work with Celtics trainers again and their strength and conditioning to kind of get that back to where it was at the beginning of the season, where he you know really shined for the first couple months, and I think that's when you look at the Celtics and their chances, just having that, you know, there's for a team that's so reliant on their top six guys, Rich, I think to have this kind of sprint to the finish where everyone's at full strength, I think they're one of the teams that on paper should benefit most from that. Um, just to have that to have a best guy like Kemba, instead of coming off of a, a world cup grind that's lasted all the way back to July. Now he's essentially coming off a full off season here and into a,
1: what well, should be a 20 to 30 game sprint. Yeah, no, it's gonna, it's interesting. And it's like, it, it and again, who knows, who knows what happens? Like like there's, we still got a long way to get to the end of July. Um, and that, and that's another thing that, that people are talking about not to, to be a Debbie downer here is that, and I've, I've seen a couple of writers taking the stand of being like, Hey guys, like you got to explain like, what's changed about, about the virus, you know, since, so, obviously we understand it a little bit better but in terms of science like how are you being sure how are you sure that this is safe i guess they don't know right you know yeah i
0: don't think yeah no one really knows yet in terms of all that stuff
1: um, it's interesting how you know I, we talked about this a little bit last uh, last episode how i thought that like you know if there was a if someone did, did come down with it that they would potentially have to put everything on hold for a little bit but they're just going to be they're just going to power through
0: that's what it sounds like. And, yeah, we talked about a little bit about this last week, I feel like, Rich. But it is we – there is still no clear answer. And I don't know if this will ever become public until, it like, it actually happens. And so hopefully it never becomes public. Um, like, when they would have to, like, what level of a an outbreak, if you will, or what level of a spread would happen for them to have to just shut things down, whether it would be, you know, a whole team getting it or, you know, enough – a few guys here and there on teams. That's when it's clearly starting to,
1: to spread at that
0: point. <laughs> like if it's like they, the
1: NBA finals and like LeBron is asymptomatic, but, but comes, but test positive. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> stuff
0: like it is, it's like these, these sitch and I mean, the protocol in that situation is like, okay, you're just out for 14 days and you're not going to st- stop the finals. Yeah. And that's just, but the, and, and that's the way it should be, to be honest. And that's just like, everyone is the same situation for everyone and you just you hope that it it doesn't um become an issue for any of these guys but the odds are we're gonna see something like that happen at some point over these two months and hopefully it's you know not nothing severe and no one becomes you know it's something that everyone recovers from and is not you know a risk but there's no question here that this is just a it's a huge risk for the NBA or any of these leagues that are kind of coming back and trying to put everything together at this point
1: and that's why i wanted the world cup just because it makes it a little bit easier just not to take it so seriously for one year when potentially like again like you don't know if, what happens if, it, if there's an outbreak on a, on a specific team right like right like it's it's games game seven of the conference finals and, and the whole cell and five or six of the celtics test positive positive. and again hopefully with the bubble and assuming that everyone is, is taking care of but again you're going to have people disney disney world's open yeah you know, yeah. like, like people are coming in and out, like, pe- like the restaurants are open. The, uh, like, and again, they, you're going to be, you know, only eating outside. And, and and a lot of the science shows that it might be t- pretty hard to, to, to get it when you're outside. But we, there's a lot we still don't know. And I guess, again, well, I, I, I we can respect that the NBA is trying to move forward. And that obviously, they have a lot of plans in place. And we all hope that it goes up without a hitch. Right. We hope that we don't ever have to face this. But, you know, we just we can't say right now that we won't no no question and uh the road will be watching for sure i mean the
0: nhl is supposed to come back i think around the same time uh mlb at this point they might not even have a season the way their negotiations are going um (laughs) it's classic classic uh, mlb classic right classic mlb um so but yeah i mean the the nba the, the players are gonna i think they still have to approve this officially they're gonna have a meeting on friday i believe um to once the board of governors passes the uh the, the uh, proposal that is supposed to go through and then and then they'll be off and running and they'll there's still obviously a lot of you know t's to cross and IS to dot to kind of get all the the right protocol in place where the players probably feel good about the situation but there's no question that while they're not allowing you know they're not saying players can't leave this bubble in Orlando when it's going on um, they'll well, obviously have to be tested when they come back in like they're not going to make them stay there no matter what. Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. So,
1: so their families can go and just stay somewhere else in Orlando. If they I would think to. so, basically... if they wanted
0: to, yeah, I think they're not letting families into the bubble. The last, I don't know I forget who I saw that from, but yeah, and, like until the playoffs or something like that. Um, <laughs> but they could see, <laughs> like, I, I can't. But then it's just like a situation where, like, the players are going to have to, you know, gauge risk and be like, okay, if you're going to leave the bubble, then your risk obviously goes up. And then especially in Florida, are you going to take your right. And given the, the lack of uh, lack of uh, um, protocols or just how reopened Florida is at this point, which is much more so than a lot of other states, um, there's obviously a lot of um, risk of spread there. So it's going to be it's going to be a fascinating situation. I'd imagine a lot of the players based off of that are just going to want to stay put inside of it because they don't want to you know, risk. If they're going to come back to play for the playoffs here, you don't want to potentially take yourself out of it by putting yourself in tough ways, but at the same time these people have families they don't want to you know not be with their family for months so it's going to be a very tough situation for them to manage
1: yeah no i said so we joked we joked about like you and your wife and you know how she <laughs> felt about that and like you know and then they're guys they're married with, with with three or three kids three or four kids at home like you know this is just uh it's tough to just say hey you know and again p- part of mba life is being on the road and being away from your family but at least at least their stands you know at least right. you come your home every once in a while maybe you know what's what's that what's a west coast trip like two weeks not even like usually 10 days tops yeah so now you're so. saying all right you know we'll we'll see you see you in a couple months but um you no know, sometimes that could be good for focus but it could could be a pain in the ass in other ways um but yeah, the other the other factor
0: here, which we haven't touched on yet, um, from a Celtics perspective, and I actually wrote about this at Boston Sports Journal yesterday, about why this is this format's kind of a win for the Celtics is um, the Grizzlies' pick.
1: Oh yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Since so break that a- break that down for us real quick. Yeah,
0: so I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Like you, if they they're the eighth seed right now, and so I think they're projected to give up the 17th overall pick to, to the Celtics if they had just gone straight to the postseason without regular season games. That's clearly not happening now. The Grizzlies, um, barring a great eight games to the regular season, that you know boosts up their lead to above four games, they're going to have to play their way into the postseason now. And so they could conceivably drop back into the lottery if they lose that play-in situation or somehow drop out of the 8 ninth spot. I feel like that's unlikely, but the Celtics, you know, this looks like a, pretty worst case scenario for what could happen to that pick and so now instead of the 17th pick that pick could conceivably go move up to to 13th or 14th overall if they fall out of the the postseason or um you know maybe the Brooklyn and orlando passes them in the east um the record and that pushes them down to 15th so there's there's a lot of different way again it's still not it's not a huge thing for the celtics to move up to from like middle of the first round by a few picks but any little bit helps, especially when you have two other first-round picks lightly coming your way in this draft, and you might want to package those and move up or trade them for a more proven veteran. So this is uh, it's just something that a little like you know bright spot given the format here.
1: Yeah, and I can like I said, even if even if Memphis holds on to their AC, they're still going to have to beat a team. You know, they, I could see them losing twice to to the Spurs or, or, sure. you know, like a, a, a team like that, um, or any of those teams, you know, right. I, I, of all the teams Memphis could be, could be most susceptible. And, and again, like, who knows? It's like, it's interesting. Cause you wonder like in, in like Ja and Ja Morant's head, like, is this his second year? Is he, is he yeah, still right. a rookie? Yeah. That's a good way to think you, about it. You know, a lot, a lot of that mentality, like, like, is this, is this the season after Jason Tatum broke out? You know, I obviously, you know, be remembered as one in the same, but those are the mentalities that, you know, you're going to come in and, you know, Tatum's got to have to be that dude from February you know, who almost, you know, broke the record for, you know, averaging the most points in a month, I think for, for, for Celtics Right? how, what, what were the numbers in, in February? I know I'm randomly dropping this on you. Um, I want to
0: say it was like 30 points a game. It was one of the highest points per month in Celtics history. If my memory serves correctly, uh, so yeah, it was, it, I mean, it was an a insane month and he kind of dropped off a little bit in March, uh, before first of things, all, God, uh, God
1: bless basketball reference. Um, 12 games in February, 30.7 points a game and 7.9 rebounds a game. Not bad. Uh, four, 48% from three, which is not too shabby either. <laughs> Guys, that's, just, that's just i mean there's no reason to to us to think that that's going anywhere i i it's that should be uh, 100 122 was his off- offensive rating
0: no no i mean it was it carried them since kemba was you know hobbled slashed out for a lot of that stretch, and there were injuries across other areas of the roster um so he he let you know kind of kept them afloat in february uh, despite all that, and with like you said, just essentially a full offseason under his belt to kind of, you know, reflect on the game and get, you know, feedback on from coaching staff and everything else after they've done deep dives on the film. Um, there's a lot of potential for growth on this roster, not just with Tatum, but Jalen Brown, um, all the the rookies, and um, a guy like Tice and so who are still you know, very much in their primes. And so a lot of that I think bodes well for what, you know, this is are capable of. And that's why I think the, the betting public kind of sees them as, you know, they're not the, clearly not the top tier contenders, but if you're going to have a, a fringe contender, a merchant in the fold, um, the Celtics look like a, as good a candidate as anyone, if everything kind of comes together
1: all right speaking of coming together hopefully next time uh we're all back we'll have we'll have mike Pino with us he had a, a quick quick excursion to uh to the midwest but uh we look forward to being back with him next week
0: yes i think we'll hopefully have some good uh bro tripping stories for us <laughs> um <laughs> in the midst of that but yeah we'll be we'll be back at full strength for that uh we should hopefully hopefully have uh full details um kind of adding out the the potential questions we had about this format once, uh, it gets approved in the next couple of days here. So we'll be discussing all that and b- a bunch more next week on the winning place podcast. In the meantime, uh, hit us up at winning plays pod, um, on Twitter at rich underscore Levine at Brian T Rob. Um, and then if you want to bug Mike and tell him that you miss him on the winning place podcast, <laughs> I, Michael Villapino for him. So, um, thanks a lot guys. We'll we'll get back with you next week.